Well, hello everyone, Dave Therian here, and we've got a good series going on. I really like it, because of the topic. It's grace. Oh, the amazing grace of God. We sing about it, don't we? But it's important that we learn about it. We learn about it, we abide in it, we receive it. God's grace, it's a gift to us. Let's utilize it. We've learned so far that grace comes in many forms, right? It comes in the form of a pleasant external appearance. It comes in the form of words of comfort, gratification or joy. You know what else is good about grace? It's extended toward a person, toward people, even God. Grace is also an emotional response of gratitude when you're thankful. You know, when you're thankful, that's graceful. That's how we extend grace to God, by being thankful for who He is and what He does. We also noted when we began the series that grace is an act of being generous. A giving person is a graceful person. Think about that. God is graceful, right? And he gave, gave his only begotten son. Come on. That's grace. Last time we were together, we saw the word pictures that Jesus painted demonstrating grace. Jesus taught about grace. See, people in his day, they didn't know much about grace. They were under the law. Oh, Jesus came. He's full of grace and full of truth. He was unique not only as a man, but as a teacher. And he showed us the provision for daily life is grace. Pardon for sin is grace. Forgiveness is grace. And, you know, when God warns us against being spiritually self-satisfied, that's grace too. The warnings of God are grace. In our time together today, we'll see grace as power. Oh, man, do we need power? And this is why. The Christian way of life is a supernatural way of life. It is. It cannot be lived out in the power of the human flesh. That's where we struggle And we get frustrated because we're trying to do spiritual things in a fleshly way. We need help. We need strength from God. And this help or this strength that we receive, guess what? (laughs) It's also considered the grace of God. When God gives us strength, that's grace. Grace is a gift. Think about it how difficult it is to do a job and not have the resources to get the job done, right? Imagine trying to multiply 20 numbers together without a pencil and paper. That's kind of difficult without a calculator. That's difficult. It's impossible for me. Imagine trying to dig a hole because you want to install a fence, but you don't have a shovel. You don't have the right resources. The work becomes very, very difficult. Difficult. And so it is with the Christian life. 
We cannot live the Christian life without divine power. And God gives us power in his grace. In his faithfulness, God has given us grace in power. So that's why, pay close attention today. Because what we need to live the Christian life is what we're talking about. The case that we will note is that of the Apostle Paul. And right before he made this monumental statement, he explains his life before his conversion. So let's take a look at grace as power. In 1 Corinthians 15, 8, here's what Paul said. It's his own testimony. He said, I'm last of all. As to one untimely born, Jesus appeared also to me. That Jesus appeared to all the other disciples. And then they became apostles before he appeared to Paul. Paul calls himself one untimely born. It's kind of a strange phrase. It means a dead fetus. That's what he considered himself. And again, he's comparing himself to the apostles who walked with Jesus. In verse 9, he explains why. He says, I'm the least of the apostles. I'm unworthy to be called an apostle. And this is why. Because I persecuted the church of God. See, the other apostles, the disciples, they walked with Jesus building the church. Paul persecuted the church, trying to destroy it. Wow. The apostles built it up. Paul tried to knock it down. But you know what's interesting? Not every person who's become great in God had a noble beginning. Some of the most treacherous people have become the most effective for the kingdom of God. So here, Paul remains in his state of humility. Oh, he's humble. He's taking an honest look at himself. And he says, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to be an apostle of Christ. I don't deserve to be given a wonderful place in the plan of God. I don't deserve that. I don't deserve to be used by God to build the very thing that I tried to destroy. I don't deserve that. But then he said something. He said, oh, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. He realized even in his own wretchedness, God's grace would bring him out. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. It wasn't empty. In other words, when when God gave Paul, who was at that time Saul of Tarsus, grace, Saul didn't waste it. He did something with it. Think about it. What does it take to make the grace of God vain or empty? You know what it takes? Doing nothing. Doing nothing with your life. Ask yourself, do I make the grace of God vain? Or do I make it prosperous? God has given us all grace, hasn't he? Oh yeah, every one of us. He's given us grace in our salvation. He's given us grace in our calling. 
because every Christian is called. That's the grace of God. Oh, but am I making it vain? Am I doing something with it? Paul said, on the contrary, now he's going to compare himself to the disciples again, and he says, I worked harder than any of them. And that phrase, worked harder, it means to be fatigued. The guy wore himself out. Oh, yes, he did. You know why? He was thankful. He was thankful in grace. He knew. he When he met Jesus, he saw himself in a totally different light. Before he met Christ, he thought he was like, hey, I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees. I'm the top rung on the ladder. Mothers would say to their little sons, you will need to be like him. And then when he saw Christ, he saw what he really was. Wretched. Wretched man that I am. And isn't that true for a lot of us? I know for me, I probably thought I was something before I found God. And then when I found him, all I saw was wickedness in my life, in my heart. See, when you compare yourself to purity, you realize how impure you really are. But Paul is saying, when I got a hold of this grace, and I worked harder than all the other apostles, he said, it wasn't even me. It was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. It was God's grace. And the principle is, grace labors. That's what it does. He saw himself, even in his service to the kingdom of God, as a gift. That God gave him a gift to serve him. And God gave him a gift of power to get it done. Think of it. God just keeps dropping these gifts. It's all grace. See, grace does not mean I don't have to do anything. Some people have that attitude. Oh, it's we're not under the law. We're under grace. I don't have to do anything. Well, do you really understand grace? Yes, God's grace brings us salvation. It's a beautiful gift. But when we understand grace, we find ourselves laboring with it also, like Paul did. See, grace empowers. Grace doesn't make me lazy. Grace inspires. Grace motivates. So that's grace and power. Secondly, I want us to look at grace is strength when we're suffering. Sadly, suffering, yes, it's part of life, and it's part of the Christian life. No one is exempt from suffering, even if they're a believer. But this is God's way of preventing pride in Paul's life. Paul Paul had a, a, a problem. In 2 Corinthians 12, 7, he said, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, in other words, Paul learned so much from God. He had phenomenal revelations, some things he didn't even write down. He said, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, from becoming prideful and arrogant, there was given me a thorn in the flesh a messenger of Satan, to torment me. 
to keep me from exalting myself. So, Paul recognized this thorn in the flesh was demonic, a messenger of Satan. The word messenger is the word agalos. It's where we get the word angel. You know what's interesting about life? A message from heaven was followed by a message from hell. And that's what happened with Paul. He got a message from heaven, divine revelation. And then he got a message from hell, a demon to buffet him. We oftentimes experience darkness after we've come into the light. Why? Because it's Satan's attempt to draw you from God. You know, somebody responds to God and they get saved, but the the devil's not going to let you go. He'll try to suck you back in. He'll try to discourage you. He'll cause you to doubt. He can't stop you from going to heaven once you're saved, but he can stop you from being effective. And that's what he'll try to do. So Paul prayed. Paul had this messenger from Satan buffeting him. And he prayed. And he said, Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times. Oh, three times I went to God that it might leave me. God, please deliver me from this. I'm going to tell you in a minute what I think that message was from that demon. Please deliver me. And when God gave the answer, it probably wasn't what Paul wanted to hear. And God said to him, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient. The word sufficient is the word arkeo, to ward off, to be content. Paul, I want you to be content in this. And this is why. For power, my divine power, is perfected in your weakness. Wow. Dunamis is the word for power. God's dunamis is where we get the word dynamite. It's perfected in our weakness. Now, God's answer when he said, my grace is sufficient. What do you think that meant? What did that look like? Here's what I think it looked like. I think the messenger from Satan was not what popular theologians tell us. And they say it was his ill health or his bad eyesight or his stammering speech. And they attribute some type of physical malady to Paul. And I'm like, no, that that's not how the devil works. How does the devil work? He works in your mind with fiery dots. And I believe that messenger from Satan was not only used on Paul, but it's used on many, many, many Christians, maybe even you. And I know at times it's been used on me. And you know what it was? It was a message of unworthiness. Paul, who do you think you are? You're a persecutor of the church. You had God's people arrested 
dragged from their homes. Some were killed, executed. You did that. You are guilty. And you know, when you have these negative memories of what you've done in the past, it can weigh you down. Don't we have them? I got some. I got some memories. I wish God would erase them, but he doesn't. And you know what they do? They keep me humble. Oh, yeah. And And God said, Paul, listen, I'm not going to erase your memory from what you've done, but I'm going to give you grace. My grace is sufficient. And that'll keep you humble. Because you don't want to have so much divine revelation that you think you're all that. Because you're not. So those memories of the past are going to balance you out. They're going to keep you stable. So you don't become arrogant. But I'll give you grace and you are forgiven. You're forgiven. And so are all of us. We might have memories of things we've done that we wish we didn't do. And those memories will always be with us. But we're forgiven. We're forgiven. The slate is wiped clean. That's the grace of God. And you know how Paul responded? He said, oh, most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. And then he said, therefore, okay, I'm well content with weaknesses and also with insults and distresses and with persecutions and with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See what he's doing? He's living in the grace of God. He's living in it. It's not enough just to know it and to know what it means. We have to abide in it. We have to live in the grace of God. You know why? That's where forgiveness is. That's where power is. That's where acceptance is. And motivation is in the grace of God and inspiration. And that's why Paul said, hey, when I'm weak, I'm strong. I might be weak in me, but I'm strong in Christ. That's the strength that I need to live the Christian life. The third thing I want us to see, grace is strength in duty. You know, we all have a duty, don't we? Yeah, it's part of our calling. Paul wrote to young Timothy from the Mamertine prison, and Timothy was a convert of Paul and journeyed with him. Then he was finally ordained as a pastor and appointed to a church in Ephesus. And Paul wrote to him, in the second letter that he wrote, 2 Timothy 2.1, he said to him, You therefore, my son, he was his son spiritually, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Oh, be strong in his grace. You know why? You're going to make some mistakes, and grace will cover them. Every pastor makes mistakes. I've made tons of them. Oh, tons of them. Every pastor does. And congregations need to give their pastors some wobble room because they're human too. And they're learning. There are some wolves in sheep clothing. Forget them. Not talking about them. 
I'm talking about those that want to serve God and they're frail. And sometimes they fail. That's why he said, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Because if you don't be strong in grace, you're going to quit. You're going to run away. Be strong in the grace. Because in that grace is power, is forgiveness, is acceptance, is encouragement, and everything else you need to fulfill your duty. Everything. Strength from God comes from walking with Christ. Paul is telling Timothy, stick with Jesus. Stick with him, Tim. Don't separate yourself from the Lord. There's a Greek scholar, his name is A.T. Robertson, and he helps us understand these Greek words and what they mean. And he said, Christ is the dynamo for power. Only when and while we keep in touch with him. So it's like a lamp plugged into the wall. As long as the lamp is plugged in, it's got the power. But when you unplug it, the lamp is powerless and it sheds no light. So we have to stay connected to Christ. We have to walk with him daily. Walk with the Lord Jesus and he'll infuse you with his power. Finally, I want us to see that grace comes in the realm of strength for those who serve. Now, we know Paul was strengthened by God's grace, right? And he said it in his first letter to Timothy. He wrote two letters. He said in 1 Timothy 1.12, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord. I like the way he said, our Lord. We're all in this together. Who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Wow. That's grace. He took the persecutor of the church and he put him into service for the kingdom. You know, Abraham was strengthened by grace, wasn't he? Wow. Paul said in Romans 4.20 about Abraham, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but he grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. See, that's how you know you're in the grace of God. Strength is there. Yes, I know. We get weak. We get tired. We get worn down. But don't let it cause you to quit. There is strength in the grace of God. All believers are to be strengthened by grace. All of them. Here's what Paul said to the Ephesians. In Ephesians 6.10, he said, Finally, he's wrapping up his letter. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Time and time and time again, Paul tells people, be strong. And where does that strength come from? The grace of God. It's a gift. God is giving you a gift, unmerited, undeserved. It's a gift to help you, to empower you, to make your life count for him. See, grace permeates our whole being. Here's what we've seen in the the few times we've been together talking about grace. It permeates us, our appearance, our speech, right? Have our speech seasoned with grace like salt. Our service to God. In our suffering, 
God gives us grace. Maybe in our anguish, in our regrets, God gives us grace. In our bad memories, God gives us grace. In our duty, God gives us grace. Oh, grace. We don't hear enough messages about the grace of God. We need to hear more messages, not about what we need to do for God, but about about what God has done for us. That's where you fall in love with God, when you keep learning all the wonderful things He's done for you. Pastors need to realize that people are needy, and they need to hear of the goodness of God. They don't need to be beat down, beat down with the Bible. You got to do this, you got to do that. You can't go here, you can't go there. What's wrong with you? This is why you got problems. They don't need that. They need to be lifted up. And you know what lifts us up? The grace of God. And if and when we realize this grace, we will have a dynamic remake of who we are. We certainly will. It will be, what's that show? We'll be an extreme makeover. Oh, yeah. When you abide in the grace of God. Next time we're together, we're going to talk about grace in justification. Oh, that's a good one. You know, when you're justified and make right, made right, declared just before God, that's grace. That's something, that's not something we brought upon ourselves. That's something God did for us. It's all God. This is what we're learning. Everything good we have, it comes from God. Everything good. And we have to stay focused on that. We have to tune in on who God is and how good God is and all that he does for us. Thanks for coming along today. Oh, I really hope this was a heavy ready for you. The grace of God. It's everything. It's everything we need. It provides everything to help us to be what God wants us to be and what we want to be. If you enjoy these teachings, I'm glad. And I hope you can support us with $3 a week. Join the Hope Club, newhopecc.tv. Go to the radio fund, join the Hope Club. I'll give you a devotional every day and you give us three bucks a week. Stay on the air, we can spend these times together learning the incredible Word of God. Thanks for coming along. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.